0: Welcome to the YNCN Podcast, a podcast by U of T engineering students where we break down all of your career-related questions.
1: Want to know how other students landed their PYs or whether grad school is right for you? This is the podcast for you. see what's about to happen next, okay? Okay, okay, we'll see what's about to happen next, okay? Okay, okay, we'll see what's about to happen. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Episode 3 of the YNCN Podcast. We are honored today to be joined by the one and only Hussein Gohart. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up,
0: everyone? <laughs> my name is Hussein. Super glad to be on the podcast today. These guys are doing an amazing job. Um, my name is Hussein, as Tom mentioned. I'm an ND2T2 here at UFT plus PUY and uh, I'm currently applying my trade in the data industry.
1: Which we'll get into
2: more. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kick it off a bit with your approach in the PY process. Uh, how you went about finding the jobs you like, uh, what led you to the jobs you've had so far, and how that's all been going. So let's just start it off with um, how you approached uh, using the PY portal, uh, what kind of jobs you were looking at, and how you decided that, you know, I want to apply to XYZ jobs. Yeah, so this this whole process probably took place at the
0: beginning of third year once you're starting to look for PYs. Um, so I knew I wanted to be in the the data industry and work in something to do with data. Uh, but I really had a like beggars can't be choosers mindset at that time. Uh, I would apply to any and all jobs that I thought I'm even somewhat qualified for, which probably isn't the best thing to do. Um, but I really wanted to secure a job as soon as possible. So I don't have to worry about it for too long. So I created a, a resume I was happy with. Um, you have to create cover letters for all the different jobs, depending on how they, uh, how they asked for it, uh, but I created a resume, uh, I got my transcript ready and whatever, and then I mass applied to almost every job on the portal that I thought I was qualified for. Um, and then some people don't get back to you, some people do get back to you, you get a few interviews, you don't do too well in some interviews, you do well in maybe one or two, and then when you hear back for me, um, I, I really wanted to secure something, so I accepted a job offer almost as soon as I got one.
1: Great.
2: Um, so that was my journey with that. And at this point, did you have like um, the idea that you wanted to go into the data science side of things? Like, were you leaning towards that or were you still like, I'm not sure. So I'm applying to, you know, everything I see. Yeah, so there's, I definitely applied to more roles than just data. Um,
0: and data in itself is not just data science. Data science is kind of just the tip of the iceberg of what you do as a data analyst. So there's a lot of jobs in the data pipeline as well that I applied to. Um, but there's also jobs like, like business jobs, like operations jobs, um, anything that I thought I could do well in, cause obviously as an industrial engineer, um, my skills aren't only, um, maybe coding or, um, like data, uh, there's things like supply chain and, um, optimization, (laughs) optimization. Yeah. Like maybe things that I'm not super fond of, but things that I can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like. When you were applying for more of the business roles, did you have like variations of your resume and you would like highlight different things or was it just like a one-fits-all kind of situation?
0: It was definitely a one-fits-all, <laughs> but I also tried to cover my bases. Okay. So, for example, one of the roles I had was uh, at YNCN last year. I was a data analyst and marketing associate. Right. right. So, I put both of those things on there. So, yeah. if someone was looking at the business, uh, for me as a business candidate, they'd really look at the, uh, the marketing associate and be like, okay, this person used... Uh, quantitative techniques to be a marketing associate. Uh-huh. But if someone was looking at it from a data perspective, they'd be looking at it and being like, okay, this person was a data analyst for this organization. Right. Right. So they can sort of pick and choose what skills of mine they wanted to consider when giving me this opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When When you would get into interviews, like let's say you'd have like one like data interview. I know you have some like consulting interviews kind of thing. was your mindset different going into them as in like, oh, I'm going to present myself differently? Um, Or was it like, like did you have like a game plan going into interviews or was it just like, I'm just going to answer the questions and just like do a good job like that?
0: Yeah, no. So I definitely have a game plan in terms of preparation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm super big on knowing exactly what the company wants to hear type of thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have to um, fabricate your answers to have them hear what they want to hear, but you want to tailor your answers so that you're hitting all of their buzzwords, kind of, right? Okay. Um, one thing I realized is for the consulting interviews, I was definitely underprepared. Do your case prep, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not get that job. I did not get that job. Um, but yes, for the for the data interviews, as well as the consulting one, I had a brand where I was like, I'm a very good communicator. Yeah. So whatever um, things that I need to communicate to people, whether it's they're super technical or they're not technical at all, I'll be able to get that idea across, and that was what I was trying
1: to get across this interviewer. So it's like, I'm that data guy, but I can also like communicate with people and be a good part of the team.
0: Yeah. So sort of (laughs) what I did was maybe find uh, a little brand or find a little niche where I could like slot myself and be like, if you guys hire me, this is the type of person you're going to get. Obviously, I'm going to be a fast learner and all those like good other things, too. you know? Uh, But that's
2: what I tried to drive home that will stand me apart from... The rest yep. of the candidates. And you mentioned that, you know, some of the inter- interviews didn't go as well, for example, like consulting and things like that. But, um, what do you think you gained so much from, uh, interviews that didn't go as well that you used, uh, in the future ones that helped you be more successful?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got this phrase I go by. It's called that like, either you win or you learn, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I learned a lot, guys. I learned a lot. That's wise <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the, the beginning interviews really just, let me know the importance of preparation and having a technique of just being comfortable in the interview. And another thing that I did that helped me be so comfortable in interviews is being on BD business development at YNCN this year. Uh, I reached out to a bunch of company reps and it had me very comfortable pitching to them and talking to them. And once you've done that, you sort of realize that the people interviewing are those same types of people, recruiters or managers or whatever. Mm. Um, so I was pretty comfortable talking in front of them this year compared to last year when I was first looking for these PUI rules.
1: Yeah. Was there a switch at any point during the application process where at first it seemed like you were like, I'm gonna take whatever I can get, but was there a sense of like, oh, I'm starting to hear back? Like people are trying like want me more and I can be more kind of like picky with the companies I like or like jobs I want to take? Or were you the whole time, like, I'm just going to take whatever fits, like, right away?
0: Yeah, so I was I was definitely in the mindset of, I'm going to take whatever I get. Yeah. But what happened was, um, I heard back from one company, and they offered me a job. And then I heard back about, a, or I was also waiting on a, a job at the same company that I preferred. Mm-hmm. So I sort of delayed accepting the first one until mm-hmm. I heard back for the second uh, job position, which okay. I
2: end up getting and taking. Right, right. So do you want to tell us now about um, the jobs you've had so far, a bit about those internships you've the first down so Yeah, far, right? Yeah,
0: so that job I just alluded to right now was uh, at Loblaw as an operations data analyst. It was uh, as part of their, their pharmacy team, so uh, shoppers as well as any Loblaw pharmacies. Um, yeah. We were sort of the control center, uh, and I was the data guy in this control center.
1: Sorry, so like, what are you controlling in the center? <laughs> yeah,
0: so um, we were basically a support team. Yeah. So whenever something went down in a, in a pharmacy yeah. or they were having an issue, um, the support team would handle it. That was the team around me. Yeah. But then they'd also log tickets, right? And mm-hmm. then these tickets had data which needed to be analyzed and mm-hmm. you had to make reports on it every quarter or every period end. Yeah. Um, you had to do root cause analyses. You had to do deep dives
2: on some of these stores based on all these tickets that you're getting. Yeah. Uh, so that was the type of work I was doing there. Okay. So going into this job, what were you most like excited about? Uh, what were your expectations?
0: So first and foremost, I was excited about having
2: a year off of uh,
0: university, <laughs> right? I was excited to have a year just working in the industry. And uh, to be honest, I just wanted to learn, uh, right? Uh, and I was excited that being part of this team, I felt like I was going to be given a lot of responsibility because there wasn't a lot of other uh, data people or people helping me out on the aspect of the team that I was a part of. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I actually realized that that was a negative uh, in my time there, that there wasn't this mentor there or that there wasn't um, this other data savvy person mm-hmm. at this organization that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. This being my first uh, official data analyst job or intern position, um, I really expected that I'm going to go in there and there's going to be someone there I can learn from. Right, someone there where I can like soak up all their information like a sponge and be mm-hmm. as good as they are at their job. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have that right there. And this is not to say anything negative about the company or the
1: position. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: this is just my experience, right?
1: right? Right. So, when like I don't know, at least for me, when I'm like um, looking at a job and like imagining myself in it, I have like a little movie in my head of like what a day is going to be like on the job. Did you have that for this job and like was it different than what it ended up actually being?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. That's yeah, a good question. Um, I think it, I think it was different. I think what I expected it to be, uh, is you just, you get in the data, you're going to do a lot of transformations, you're going to do a lot of cleaning. And I expected yep. to do a lot of that things, but then I also expected to be doing some cool analysis. Uh, they mentioned maybe, uh, using some, uh, advanced techniques mm-hmm. for a statistical analysis to see whether there's some cool relationships going on between the tickets, uh, uh, happening in one certain area and a different, like, major incident that happened elsewhere or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but it turned out to be a lot more basic and something that uh, someone maybe with less technical skills than I have yeah. can do, yeah. uh, which I didn't particularly enjoy. There's right. a lot of manual work, uh, manual inputting of data, uh, which I tried to automate as much as I can <laughs> yeah. before uh, leaving that place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely a little bit different, definitely a little bit more tedious tasks that I had to be doing. Um, but yeah, I would say it was an overall positive experience there.
1: In a in the sense of like, what were some of the positive things you th- think you took away from it?
0: It was my first, uh, official job uh, experience or as an right. intern, right? Right. Uh, so just figuring out how to work as, as part of a team, mm-hmm. knowing what your part to play is in the larger goal of your team mm-hmm. and doing that to the best of your abilities, um, just interfacing with other people, I'd say, is the biggest thing I got out of that job. Me being more confident in speaking my mind at some of these meetings, uh, talking with senior management, things like that, that right. were the
2: things I got out of that role. Right. And at one point, um, you know, did you start considering that maybe I want to shift gears and try something a bit more involved or just, you know, do something completely different? Hmm. Um, how far into, you know, this role do you decide I want to, I want to do something else? Yeah. So what I ended up doing was I,
0: uh, I left this role to go to a different role in the, in the gaming industry at EA. Um, and I did that about four months into my internship at Loblaw. Uh, but what happened was, um, I wasn't so dissatisfied at Loblaw that I wanted to find a different job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just so happens that EA is possibly my dream company to work for.
1: Right.
0: And I found an open, Data job intern mm-hmm. co-op position there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to tailor my resume for this one job, do everything I can to get this job. Mm-hmm. If I get it, I'm sorry, I'll probably have to leave, blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't get it, uh, I don't, I don't really mind my job here. Mm-hmm. I'm having an okay time. Mm-hmm. We'll push through for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that was that happened about four months into mm-hmm. my internship, mm-hmm. blah blah.
1: So two to follow follow-ups I want to get into. One is like more specifically the process of like terminating your official PY and moving on to something to another job, because I know that like, it's kind of tough to go against like the established PY process. But firstly, I think it's like, unbelievable, you ended up working for EA, because like, I mean, I'll let you say it, but um, you've been into uh, EA sports for a long time. So kind of what I'm curious there was like, did you ever imagine ending up working at EA? And like, did you have a kind of an image of how that would happen versus how to actually play out?
0: Yeah, so it's it's always been my dream, I guess, to be involved uh at EA specifically, right. not just in the video game industry, but at EA. Yeah. My whole life, I, I think I've I've dedicated a large portion of my life to this this video game <laughs> called FIFA. Right. And EA are the makers of this video game. And ever since I was a kid, I had this image in my head where I'd be like, Oh, how cool would it be mm-hmm. to be involved in the process that makes this video game that you love so much. Yeah. Right. Um and so that was the that was the dream and the, the goal I had in my mind, mm-hmm. right? So I applied for an internship position there actually after second year mm-hmm. when I was severely underqualified, mm-hmm. right? With no other co-op experiences, I got turned down. Um, but then I found this opportunity and uh, I thought I was I thought I could get it. Mm-hmm. So it was very exciting for me.
1: Do you feel like all the time you spent like playing like FIFA mainly, but other EA games and kind of like being in that world helped you eventually get the job?
2: And also, let's add in uh, for our listeners that Hussein is a three-time U of T uh, FIFA champion I mean if we're going to put it out there we got to get it
1: right
0: right it's it's four times four times times, yeah yeah so uh, this is an open challenge as well to any FIFA players (laughs) listening to this podcast if if you'd like a good game um, feel free to hit me up even Pascal Siakam didn't want to take the challenge so yeah there's a backstory there you guys can reach out to to find out about that one but I didn't end up playing him so there's no really story (laughs) don't reach out (laughs)
2: Well, so, what? Was you ask what your the question? question was. Um, being so like avidly into FIFA oh, yeah. and gaming, yeah. how did this kind of help you?
0: 100%. They, they really want to see that someone is, is passionate into video games when, uh, when you're interviewing for them, right? Um, because if you're passionate about it, you're just going to do a better job, most likely. Um, so it definitely did help. And part of doing a good job there is also playing video games. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a specific game, they expect you to play that game mm-hmm. and uh, sort of take in what you like about the game, take in what you dislike about the game, how can you make it better, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. So playing video games is extremely important in the video <laughs> games industry.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I still want to get into kind of like the actual process of, of switching jobs. But another kind of like thing I'm curious about is – um, It seems like through like your first year and second year, you weren't a part of too many clubs, right? You were on the squash varsity team and kind of, it seemed like you kind of knew the things that you liked, but it didn't seem like they were going to help you professionally. Whereas I feel like a lot of people kind of like make sure to join clubs to kind of make the resume like, look good and have like experiences so that when they apply, they kind of have that stack. Um, did you kind of like think about the sacrifice you were making there? And like, what would you say in your experience, like, like. Was there any trade offs that Are you happy with the fact that you kind of like focus on the things you like?
0: Yeah. So I wasn't involved in too many clubs. Yeah. uh, Especially my first year. Yeah. Um, I think I'd I'd recommend newer students to definitely go out there and be as involved as they would like to be. Mm -hmm. But one thing I want to stress on is you've got to be, you've really got to be intentional Mm -hmm. in the things you're doing um, and the clubs you're joining and whatever, just in in general, whatever activities you're doing, Mm -hmm. especially if it's, to do with your professional career. You always want to be making intentional moves towards a goal you have. Mm-hmm. So for example, for me, um, I figured out that the two industries I'm super interested in, um, okay, to be honest, there was just one at first, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the sports analytics industry. Yeah. That was the industry I wanted to get in. And yeah. still to me, my dream right now is to get in maybe into like a soccer or analytics job, right? That right. would be crazy. Um, so what I did was everything I did from kind of first year was sort of towards that end goal. Um, so in second year, I sought out the University of Toronto Sports Analytics Club. Mm-hmm. That's an intentional move to get me closer to where I want to be, get that skills, uh maybe get a few projects under my belt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they're great. Uh, I was also on the squash team. Uh, not really much to do with professional development there, mm-hmm. but obviously teamwork. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a game I loved and I was pretty good at, so mm-hmm. I didn't mind it definitely at all. <laughs> sure. But this is the big one right here where um, YNCN's data analyst position job I really sought this job or this um opportunity. It's not really a job, right? Um but this was an opportunity for me to be able to have ownership over a data project and get experience as a data analyst when I previously had none. Right. right? So this was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Um and I think I wouldn't be where I am today without YNCN and having that opportunity to work on this data team.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and then the year after, for example, I could have chose to stay on data. Um, but I realized that a gap in my skill set was maybe some of my softer skills and yeah. being able to talk with these recruiters and talk with these managers comfortably and being able to share my ideas in a coherent manner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I ended up trying to, ch- I chose BD, yeah. right? Business development, where you're trying to uh, pitch wine to all these recruiters to come out to all of our events and things like that. Yeah. So that was another intentional move I made to try and improve my skill set to have me better equipped for later opportunities right and even if you think about it tom we worked on a lot of um school projects together right if you go back and think about what we did i always try to push (laughs) our projects towards sports related projects (laughs) right so even the school project work i did i um i intentionally chose uh a topic that was in line with what i wanted to do and how uh, and Something that can improve my skills in the industry I want to go
1: in. Yeah. Right.
0: And this is not to say you should overpower your group partners <laughs> and like, yeah. specific um, projects you want to work on, but it's definitely something you should think about. Yeah. These are opportunities for you to explore what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy, and to stack your resume and other um, and your and your skills yeah. in favor of the jobs you want. Yeah. Right. Even the passion projects you do on the side. Yeah. Right. Like when I was applying to EA, i um. It was the UFC Mobile team, and that's the game I'm on right now. Out currently in uh, Canada for soft launch. Download it on iOS or Android. Sorry for the quick plug. Um, but yeah, so when they saw on my resume that I had a project I did outside of school called an analysis on MMA judges, they were like, "Oh, this guy is super into MMA and the UFC, and he did a couple passion projects to show it. Let's talk to him. Let's see what he has to say about this."
1: Yeah,
2: I think there's a lot of value in what you're saying, though, because you know, even as a first year. You, when I was in first year at least, you want to get involved in so many different things because you think it's more beneficial or like it'll help you more because like you're involved in so much. But whereas in your case, you just kind of got in like went really deep into the things you really enjoy and like you're passionate about. So how do you think um, that's like helped you in the sense that like you didn't really spend time on things you knew that weren't going to be for you. Like you kind of knew what you wanted to do from day one and you're just like, let me focus on this and this is where I want to go. Yeah. I I don't even know if
0: I knew what I wanted to do from day one. Right. Because it's, um, it's tough to have that expectation of knowing exactly what you want to do from the get go. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, don't feel like you have that pressure on you, especially if you're like a newer student, it's Mm -hmm. just very fine to learn what you want to do on the go. Yeah. Um, I think the reason I wasn't involved in many things in first year is pure laziness, to be honest. (laughs) Like I, yeah. Um, but then in, in, in second year and third year, um, Actually, that is a lie. I tried to seek out the sports analytics uh, team in first year. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably failed
2: due to shortcomings on my end. Mm-hmm. But,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't want to waste too much time and things I wasn't too interested about, you know? Like when I do something, I like to do it. I like to commit fully to it, yeah. right? And I couldn't commit fully to something that I uh, I didn't enjoy or I didn't think it would benefit me too much in the future.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess like, a big lesson I'm learning from listening is just like, trusting um, yourself and knowing what you want and what you're going to get fulfillment out of and kind of like spending your time accordingly to work up to that instead of kind of like spreading yourself too thin or getting yourself, like letting yourself be persuaded that like, Oh, like this is interesting or this is interesting. It's like know yourself what's interesting and kind of like go towards it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And it doesn't even just have to be um, with your personal feelings, right? Say yeah. you, you, say one of your friends wanted to join a club, right? And you yeah. weren't super keen on it, but you really value your time spent with that friend and you think it'll be really fun. Yeah. That is definitely something that you would want to do, right? Absolutely. So you should go out and do that. Yeah, yeah. Just because it doesn't benefit you specifically down yeah, the line doesn't yeah, yeah. mean you shouldn't go out there and have some fun or enjoy right. something that other people enjoy.
1: That's awesome. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the trajectory. Um. So, yeah, a little bit, could you talk more of like what it was like kind of ending your job at Labla and then joining UFC, just like people who kind of are aware that that's like an option. I'm not saying like people should quit their PUIs, but just so they know that's something that can be done.
0: Yeah. So no one can really stop you if you yeah. wanted to yeah. quit your PUI. I'm not telling you to go out there and quit your PY. The yeah. PUI office is going to hate you <laughs> more than they already do. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, um, I got that job. And then the first thing obviously that I wanted to do was talk to my manager uh, I had a pretty good relationship with my manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just told him straight up. He was pretty, um, pretty bummed about it, mm-hmm. but he understood, mm-hmm. which was great because having a manager that like backs you, um, it, it really helped me during that time have one less thing to worry about, right? Yeah. Um, so after I did that, I reached out to the PY office and I let them know they weren't too happy. Um, but it's not like they could really do anything about it. Um, from there they, they try to convince you to stay and um, they give you all of the pros and the cons. I would really seek out your academic advisor in this case or um, whoever the, the person to talk to in your department is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely know more than me and I should have done that. Uh, but what I did was I, I, I went out there and I weighed all of the pros and the cons to, to leaving versus to staying. And within the pros I definitely factored in the fact that I'll probably enjoy this new job more it's at the dream company I wanted to work at. Maybe I get a potential uh, return offer there. So I had to weigh those pretty heavily mm-hmm. in my decision.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then yeah, once, once you get there, uh, you've got to weigh. So job security, which is at Loblaw, I, I would have had eight more months on my contract versus a new four month contract at, uh, EA. So I had to weigh both of those. Do I, uh, do I back myself to find another? Um, co op opportunity in January when I'm done at EA in December, mm-hmm. right? Because it'd be a, like a disaster to say the least if I move to this new, um, position and then come December I can't find, uh, another co op, right? Right. So, so you really, there's really that sense of like backing yourself and backing your skills and being like, no, I, I trust that I'm A going to do a good job at this new place, mm-hmm. potentially get a return offer, uh, but B if I don't, I have a fallback. I can find something else. That's awesome. Right?
1: Yeah. Better on yourself, for sure. Better on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Better
0: on, on yourself. That, that
1: 100%. That Shut up, yeah. Fred. Shut up, <laughs> Fred. So, so right now, you don't have a position starting in December or January?
0: Yeah. So my current position, yeah. my current role at EA ends in December. Yeah. Uh, the end of December. Um, but yes, I, I kicked butt at EA, to say the least. Okay. Right? Yeah. So... Um, I got a return off. Let's go, man. Awesome, let's go. Which is awesome. Cheers. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, one of my goals, and honestly, shout out EA yeah. for being so transparent about this from the get-go, day yeah. one of my internship, they told me, our goal here is to commit you to be a full-time um, employee at the end of this, yeah. right? So we both have the same common goal here. Yeah. What you got to do is kick butt, mm-hmm. do really well, mm-hmm. and then... We'll go from there. But right. they're telling you this from day one. From yeah. day one, you you know that these people aren't against you. Yeah. Right? These people want the same thing as you. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Right? It really gives you the motivation to be like, well, I guess it could be scary for some people, right? It could yeah. be added pressure. Yeah. But to me, I take it as motivation. Yeah. Where I know that if I do a good job here, they're not going to stand in my way mm-hmm. to, of, of either giving me an extension or um, a full-time role after. Mm-hmm. So I got that extension, which I'm super happy about, right? That's incredible. Yeah. And incredible. you're extending now until
2: the end of April? April, End of April.
0: And then from there, maybe I can go somewhere else. Or if I get another extension, I'll probably take it, right? So let's see. Let's yeah. see. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. Wow, that's incredible, man. So, okay. So I asked the question for Labla What was like the movie you saw in your head of it was going to be like to work there? I want to ask the same question for UFC. What was the movie like in your head for what it's going to be like working for UFC versus and then what's it actually like?
0: Yeah, I don't really think I have that movie in my
1: head. Though. You don't? I, okay. I don't? I'm pushing that on you. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, don't, um,
0: I don't have these expectations because I guess if you set really high expectations, then yeah, you no, go no. in and you get bummed out, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. demotivated from day one, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the big what the hell is going on moment for me was yeah. when I was on my first day and uh, I just had a day full of meetings, right? And yeah. every single meeting, all these people were talking about was video games. <laughs> so like, Oh my God, is this my life now? Yeah. Am I just going to be talking about video games all day? And, then and I'm, I'm getting like, paid to talk about <laughs> video games. Yeah, yeah, and I just had this v- the biggest smile on my face on my first day, right? Which was, was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Like, I, at points I had to check myself and be like, Hey, this <laughs> probably looks really weird on Zoom. Just you out here in your room smiling like this. <laughs> but yeah, no... Um, yeah. So whatever movie's playing, uh, I'm loving it. I'm very grateful to be given the opportunity to be part of this movie. <laughs> right,
1: right. So what was your like typical day like then?
0: Uh, so a typical day is I'm usually assigned, uh, certain analytics tickets mm-hmm. to do with, um, things in the game, either blind spots in the game that we need to, uh, be gathering data on mm-hmm. and, um, be making decisions based on them. Mm-hmm. Or it's either like, uh, fixes to reports, uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So based on the tickets I have, I'll, uh, um, so I'll wake up whenever, so I've got a kind of a flexible schedule. This is, a little bit of a talking point. Um, so I, initially I started uh, at noon and I ended at 8pm because yeah. EA is based on the West coast right. and the only reason I didn't have that flexibility at first is because I had a lot of questions and uh, my manager was on the West coast. So he was online from noon to eight. So it wouldn't make sense for me to start at say nine and then start for the first three hours of the day waiting uh, for my manager to be online. Right. Uh, but nowadays I have a little bit more of independence because I sort of know what I'm doing a little bit better. Uh, so a typical day, I usually start at 10 a.m., which I found is a sweet spot for me. I go up all the way to six. And um, yeah, I just wake up, do some of these reports, bang out some SQL, uh, some Tableau. That's a tech stack we use right now. And um, yeah, if there's any cool meetings I get to go to, then I go there. if there are any not cool meetings I got to go to, I got to go to those as well.
2: Yeah. Right? And do you feel like since you're, you know, you're a big UFC guy, it's something like you're really passionate about, like how much of like the work you do, like, doesn't really feel like, you know, you're working. Like, it's just like, I really enjoy what I'm doing. It's like, it's just like a hobby for you almost.
0: Yeah. So it, it really feels like that um, until you hit uh, a challenge that is just very tedious to get past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm passionate about both uh, that the data that I'm working on as well as data in general. Mm -hmm. So I, um, so I enjoy what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but say you're, you're doing some hardcore SQL in, right. And then, uh, you get a problem and you just, there's a bug in the code or there's a bug in the visualization tool and you just can't figure out where it is. That's when it becomes less enjoyable and be like, Oh, please let me get through this obstacle so I can get started on this next task I have to do or something like that. Right. And, since this game is only out in soft launch right now, um, we have a big backlog of analytics tickets, so we're trying to churn out these reports as, as, as fast as we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, so we gotta we gotta do a lot of work in a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. Also, what I'm curious about is like how the work culture has been um, working at EA. And also once again, just cause he worked at two jobs, like a comparison to blah, just because like two very different types of companies in terms of the work they do. And I'm assuming in terms of their culture and how they're organized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't delve deep into Loblaw culture. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's sort of just like me as an individual, basically first year I didn't do a lot of clubs. Yeah. My first job, I didn't mm-hmm. go deep into company culture, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um, but the thing I found about EA is everyone is super helpful mm-hmm. and, uh, Everyone's got a lot more of an open-door policy there yeah. than maybe at Loblaw, where if you want to even just talk to someone, you can just ping them on Slack, and they'll give you however much time you need if they're free. Yeah. And uh, if you need help with something, they got you. Um, so that's that's big on culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something else I wanted to mention.
1: Wait, in terms of things that make you feel kind of like fulfilled oh, yes. at work. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this is the biggest difference. Yeah.
1: At Labla, I
0: mentioned that on my specific team, I was the only person that understood data or was working with data Mm -hmm. in in the day-to-day, right? At EA, I went and joined a huge analytics team, Mm -hmm. right? So really having those people to learn from is by far the biggest difference between those two jobs. The mentorship aspect. 100%, and not just the mentorship, but the skills I'm gaining. One of the reasons I left Loblaw was, A, I wasn't loving the work I was doing. Yeah. But then B, I felt that I wasn't gaining the experience I needed to gain during this year
1: off from university. Like you weren't learning as much as you want to learn.
0: I felt that um, when I was done, say, say I completed the 12 months there and then I came back to university and I was going back out to the workforce. I didn't know how much experience I would have gotten, like real experience yeah, I would yeah, have yeah. gotten in those 12 months. Right. Uh, versus at EA now, I feel like when I'm done my 12 months um, of PY. I'll go back into the workforce as a very strong candidate yeah. in the industry. Yeah. Right. So that's the huge difference. Right. And that's all because right now at EA, I get all these geniuses, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. I'm learning from,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's huge. And you still feel like you have your independence. We can kind of like, I mean, do you still feel like you have your independence? We can do like independent problem solving, but when you need someone in your corner who has more experience, you have that too. Yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm not saying at all to only go and lean on these people, right? Yeah. Um, but once you've had a problem and you've tried to work around it as best as you can, uh, and you've, you've ideated a couple of potential solutions, that's when you could possibly go to this person where you need help from, right? right? And being like, Hey, I worked really hard on this. I'm about to bang my head against the wall, right? I'm at the bang against my head against the wall phase right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't want you to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. They They want you to ask for help before you get to that spot. Yeah. So that's when I go out and reach out right? awesome. and get help.
1: All right. Maybe let's end with a big question. If you had to give um, a piece of advice to a younger student who's heading into PY, let's say they're starting thir- third year or like third years right now, what would be your like one piece of advice for like approaching the PY process?
0: So this is someone who's in third year.
1: Yeah. Right? Or it could be anyone, just okay. a younger students
0: thinking about PY. Like, what would you, what advice would you so give my, them? My biggest piece of advice is, uh, have a, at least a vague goal of mm-hmm. either the type of work you want to do or the industry you want to go in. Mm-hmm. And then from there, as we mentioned earlier, being intentional mm-hmm. about the moves you're making and making yourself a strong candidate for those, either the position you want or the role or the industry you want to go into. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the second thing I'd say is um, have a good resume, obviously like mm-hmm. as good as you can make it mm-hmm. and just be comfortable during the interview. Try to uh, be the most, Try to be as you as possible, right? Yeah. Don't try to, to fake it. Just be comfortable and sell yourself across as you. Yeah. And if you're a right fit for the company culture and for the job, you'll get it. Right back yourself, as, as, as we mentioned before. You bet on so, yourself, uh, man. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. we're, we're all pretty bright uh, individuals, young professionals. Right? Yeah, yeah, So you, you've got to back your skills, man. You've got to back your skills.
2: Well, um, once again, uh, thank you, Hussein, for joining us today. Uh, for our listeners, we're joined today by St. Gohar, the one and only. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's been a Shout out MCs
0: TK, Tom Crane, and Michael Boyajin. Best yes, podcast sir. hosts around
1: here. Yes, sir. See you guys in the next one.